may never be the type of person that wants to put a video of me twerking on the internet, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Welcome back to It's Kind of Personal, the podcast where we melt shame and shed light on real sex and love. I'm Danny, your queer intimacy coach, and today I want to talk about self-confidence and self-worth because those are key foundations to amazing intimacy. And this topic is on my mind for <laughs> actually because I went thrifting the other day, one of my favorite activities, and I got this sweater that I'm wearing right now. If you're not seeing the video, it is a pastel pink sweater and there are gigantic like hot pink smiley faces all over it. And the reason this is significant is because there was a time when I would have never worn something like this. And it's not because I think it's ugly. I like it. If you don't, I really don't care. <laughs> That's the self-confidence that I've built. We're going to talk about that. Um, but there was a time that I would never have worn this because I was basically allergic to bright colors and patterns because they brought attention to me. And what I really wanted to do more than anything when my self-confidence and self-worth was in the toilet was disappear. So I, I had really low self-worth and self-confidence. And then on top of that, I got unwanted attention from men, like out in public, random men. And part of me felt like that was the only attention I was worthy of getting, right? Like I'm... I'm worthy because men notice my body and I have nothing else of interest to offer anyone. The rest of me, nobody else would care about. And that's fucking heartbreaking for a preteen teenager into my young adulthood to be believing that. That fucking sucks. So I built up this belief that I was only worth attention for my appearance. Which is funny, because when I was a kid, I got made fun of. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is such a stupid story. I, I think it was either kindergarten or first grade. And I am someone who genetically stores my fat and my weight in my butt. And I was a cute little chubby kid. And so... I had a big booty <laughs> for a five, six-year-old, okay? And I remember being in line and this kid um, started making fun of me for it. And then people joined him. And then, like, Danny Fanny was hilarious nickname that everyone wanted to give me. It's making me laugh now because it's so stupid. <laughs> because now, having a big butt is in, right? Um... But at the time, I got really insecure about it, and it sucked. But it, like, reinforced that my, the way that I impacted people was only about my appearance, whether I was getting positive or negative attention. So guess what happened when, like, I got, when I got a bad haircut, which I have had several, or I got a pimple, or 
I was like, I don't know, looking extra tired that day. I felt like I couldn't leave the house because I was so ugly. I'm putting on air quotes if you're not watching the video. My my worth was dependent on my appearance because as a woman and especially as a woman raised very religious where like my purpose was to serve men there was so much pressure on me societally and from all the magazines that I was reading I was reading Cosmo when I was like 13 wouldn't advise that don't let your kids read Cosmo when they're 13 that shit's garbage this idea that my worth my appearance equaled my worth was drilled into me over and over and over by comments that people would make not only by the media that I would consume like I was a bit removed from the media, but like direct experiences in my life confirmed to me that that was the case. I remember, I think I was, I think I was 16 and I went to church and I had, I think I did like a smoky eye or something because I was really into makeup when I was a teenager. I had nothing else to do out in bumfuck Missouri, so I just watched makeup videos. Anyway, I did like a smoky eye and it was you know, it was a lot of makeup, probably for a 16-year-old. I don't know, but I felt like I did a good job. So I went to church, and one of the older guys there, he's probably like, I don't know, 65, some old man, told me that I was wearing too much makeup. I needed to go to the bathroom and wash it off. And on the flip side, another time, probably 16, 17, 15 in that range, my friend's dad came to my house to pick up something, and I opened the door and I had just woken up from a nap. And he was like, oh, you look kind of rough. And I was like, yeah, I was sleeping. And then later I went to church and he saw me. He's like, oh, he looks so much better with makeup on. Like, excuse the fuck out of me. I was a teenager. Why do you feel like you can tell me how you prefer that I look? Oh, it gets me fired up thinking about all the comments that were made about my appearance something that I'll get more into in a future episode. I struggled with an eating disorder for several years and so as my weight was fluctuating I had people comment oh you look oh you look so much you've lost weight you look so much better or I like you better when you're this weight. I'm not saying that those people were being malicious because I know that they weren't it's just you know when people compliment you they're really they are revealing their values, right? So when someone says, oh, you you look good they, now that you lost weight, they have value on being skinny because of whatever conditioning they received. And so I know it wasn't personal now that I'm older, but that doesn't stop it from being so damaging to my developing self-worth and self-image at the time. That's a lot of shit that I had to undo and I'm still undoing it. I'm still working on the idea that I am worthy to be around even when I'm looking a little busted, even when I like am not looking my best or I'm um I'm not in a good mood. I'm still worthy to be around. My if I'm not feeling pretty, like my pretty my ugliness, quote unquote, is not an inconvenience to the people that I'm around. I don't owe them my best looking prettiest self and I really thought that I I did owe people that 
Another example of this is I used to not go out in public without makeup on, so I wouldn't go to the store, like to Walmart, like Walmart's a place you need to dress up for. I wouldn't even go to Walmart without putting makeup on because I, my worthiness was directly tied to my appearance and I thought that I looked more presentable, more pretty with makeup on. And so that's what I did. And let me take this to the extreme for you because <laughs> there was one time um, I was I was dating this guy. I think I was fifteen, and he he lived a few hours away, so he drove down to like stay at my house with my family. But there was a snowstorm happening. He arrived at my house, but I was at my friend's house, and so I needed to like go back home to meet him. And so my mom texted me like, hey, come, like, you need to leave now. The storm's getting really bad. The roads are bad. I was not a good driver, let me tell you. Um, My mom's minivan, her Chevy gold minivan did not have snow tires. I don't even think she knew what snow tires were. Um, So, yeah, it was very dangerous. It was like almost wide out blizzard. And she's like, come home. You need to leave right now. And you know what my stubborn ass did? I went to the bathroom and spent like 15 to 20 minutes doing my fucking makeup so that when I went to my house, my boyfriend would see me with makeup on and not my monstrous face without makeup. I was in a lot of trouble. My mom was calling me, texting me, and I was like ignoring it um, because it it felt that important to me that he and anyone saw me at my best, which at that time I thought was with makeup. So yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself to look perfect, to act perfect, to achieve perfectly. This shit's exhausting. So maybe you're asking yourself, what does self-worth, self-confidence have to do with intimacy? You don't have a different way of thinking about sex than you do everything else. The way that you think about and feel about sex and yourself and your body can be seen throughout your your whole life. So if you're not confident in your life, you don't feel worthy of pleasure in your life, you're not going to automatically feel super confident and super worthy when it comes to sex, right? That makes no sense. It's not this disconnected, compartmentalized entity that society likes to make it seem like. Sex isn't all the way over here and then the rest of life is over here. It's all in the same sphere, in the same human soup. If you don't have confidence in yourself, sex may be very anxiety-inducing. You may have rules like, I only have sex with the lights off, or I don't have sex in this position because it makes my tummy look this way. Or you may struggle to initiate because you don't feel sexy, you don't feel hot, you don't feel like your body is worth desiring. Great sex is about being present in the moment and it's really hard to be in the moment when you have those nasty thoughts going on in your head about how you look about how your partner's feeling about your body how you smell how you taste I was so uncomfortable with myself and my my confidence was so low that I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror when I washed my hands in the bathroom you know how um when you go into the bathroom, like, everyone's, like, checking their hair and their outfits and stuff. 
I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I would purposefully wash my hands as fast as possible and not look at myself at all. I had this fear that if people saw me looking at myself, they would think that I was, I don't know, conceited. Because I was told, don't be full of yourself. Because if you know you're pretty, right, then, oh, that's not cool. It's like that stupid One Direction song, you don't know you're beautiful, and that's what I love about you, or whatever he says. It's so stupid. It's so stupid that we are telling women that you're supposed to be humble and not think you're beautiful. Why? I'm not saying, like, think that you're above people, but you can know and believe that you're beautiful without thinking that everyone else is below you. It's just called confidence. And that's okay. It's okay to think that you're pretty. It's okay to think your body is great. That doesn't make you a bad person. And that doesn't equate to you saying that everyone else is ugly if they don't look like you. Confidence is sexy. And that's another way that it ties into intimacy. When someone has low self-confidence, they're putting off that energy and that body language of like, ugh, I'm not worth it. And that's not sexy, right? I remember a partner telling me that they think confidence is sexy. And that's a pretty common sentiment, right? Not arrogance, but confidence. I felt really upset because I had zero confidence. And I'm like, great, I'm, I'm not confident. They think confidence is sexy. And I, I just don't know how to do that. I was angry because I felt like, oh, great, another thing that I'm failing at. But really, self-confidence isn't for your partner. Although, yes, it does benefit them and your sexual chemistry together, it's not for them. Because when you feel confident in yourself, you feel like life is just more worth living. It's for you, most of all. I never wanted to send nudes because I thought that, like, I always, I never looked good in them. I had no confidence in my appearance. I would try to send nudes or even, like, racy pictures, and I would, it would take me an hour. And I was like, I hate all of them, and I would just end up not doing it. This may not seem like a big deal, but the anxiety that I felt when someone wanted a picture of me, it... It was really annoying and frustrating. Ooh, I want to send them a picture of this with my face. And then I would be like, ugh, never mind. So it, it was blocking me from my full expression with a partner. I didn't feel comfortable in my body. I didn't feel confident in my body. I know now, as I've studied the nervous system, I was disconnected from my body, right? I was numbed out from the neck down. And how am I going to feel confident if, I, if I'm not even in my body, right? My head was just up in space. I was stuck in my head, not being aware of my body. And that can sound kind of weird, but if you experience that, then you know what I'm talking about. It feels like there's a, like a plexiglass wall between you and other people like this weird kind of indescribable distance that you don't know how to close that was my feeling of being dissociated from my body i'm not gonna feel confident when i'm dissociated and checked out from my physical body when i'm just living in 
my imagination land. I remember I would see videos of women like in dance classes on YouTube, like doing these cool dances, these sexy dances. And I was like, how? How do they do that? How do they feel confident enough to just dance in that sensual, sexual way? I could never, like I would literally die. But I also felt like there was somewhere deep inside of me, part of me was like, I want that. I want to feel free to express myself and my sexuality and not just stuff it down, not pretend it doesn't exist. I want to I want to reconnect to that part of myself somehow. And there was this envy that I had when I saw women who seemed to be comfortable in their body and who they are. It made me so jealous and so I was so bitchy. Not directly to them, but in my head. I was like, oh, she's so she's so conceited, she's so stuck up, like, uh, she's dressing like a slut. I had all these like nasty projections onto them because their their freedom of expression felt threatening to me. And I felt jealous that I couldn't that I didn't feel that ease. I couldn't just exist and feel comfortable. I couldn't just wear shorts and feel comfortable. I had to wear pants to hide my scars. I couldn't just wake up and go somewhere. I had to do my makeup first. I didn't feel this ease in my existence. I started to notice how much I was performing for other people's perception. And I started to notice, like, I'm just tired. I just don't want to do that anymore. So I started to kind of push my own boundaries. I noticed my comfort level and I was like, how can I just be a little bit, like, stretch it a little bit so I can grow, right? Because growth doesn't happen when you're just comfortable all the time. You have to have to find your edge and stretch a little bit, not too much, but a little bit at a time so you can grow and get more comfortable with things that once really intimidated you. So for me, my example of stretching my confidence and trying to reconnect to my my sexual, sensual self, I went to a pole dancing class. And... Uh, I was so sweaty because I was so nervous. My heart was racing. I I looked around at the girls there and they seemed comfortable. Like they were just having fun. They were playing. They were trying the dance moves and like laughing. And I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't watch myself be sensual. I was watching the teacher do the moves. At one point, he said to the class, okay, don't look at me, look at yourselves in the mirror. Like, Get comfortable seeing yourself in this light, in this sensual light. And I was like, oh, I haven't looked at myself this whole time. And I would glance at myself, and I would feel this weird hit in my stomach, like, Ugh! like disgust, because I was so detached from that part of me there was so much shame and judgment and conditioning about my sexuality on a you know broader scale about women's sexuality it was tough I was really proud of myself but I didn't notice how just how stuck and closed off I was to that part of myself until that class the move was 
I don't know, like run your hands up your sides or something and like play with your hair. It wasn't anything crazy. And I couldn't watch myself do it. I was too uncomfortable to see myself in the sensual light. And I was like, okay, I've, I've got some work to do here. It really inspired me to try to see how comfortable can I get with my sensuality and eventually my sexuality. It's been really fun. It's been super duper fun (laughs) to ask myself, how much more comfortable can I get with this part of me? Instead of shutting this part down or pretending like it doesn't exist or allowing it to just be shrouded in that sticky shame, that's been a really fun journey that I'm still on today. And I may never be the type of person that wants to put a video of me twerking on the internet, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people who do that, and there's nothing wrong with me for not wanting that. I think that I was scared of my my sexual side for a long time because I thought that it had to look big, bold, loud. And I'm an introvert. I... I'm not really big, bold, and loud anywhere. It was really helpful for me to realize that I don't have to twerk on the internet to be comfortable with my sexuality. My sexuality is mine, and I can express it in ways that feel comfortable for me. It doesn't have to be a stereotypical expression, and it's not for anybody else. So I really like this definition of self-confidence. Have a positive view of yourself. You set realistic expectations and goals, communicate assertively, and can handle criticism. If you don't have self-confidence, you are less likely to speak up for yourself, to say, hey, that hurt my feelings. Hey, I, I don't like when you do this during sex, but this feels really good. If your partner said something like, Sometimes when I'm talking to you, you pick up your phone in the middle of a sentence and I feel really hurt. I feel unimportant and not interesting to you. I really want you to think I'm interesting because I really care about your opinion. Without that level of open communication, assertive communication, intimacy is getting blocked. How can you be close to them? If you're not letting them know when you're hurt or letting them know what you want and what you don't want, you can't. There's going to be a barrier to that closeness. Avoiding the hard stuff is avoiding intimacy. And when you have self-confidence, you have the feeling that you, you deserve respect. You deserve to be happy and you're, you, you deserve to be heard. You feel great about yourself which has you interact differently with people, whether that's your friends, at work, with your partner. You are more open to intimacy instead of being as worried of them rejecting you or leaving you. You can share your heart more. So that's how self-confidence elevates intimacy, your um, physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. Self-worth is the internal sense of being good enough and worthy of love and belonging from others. And I want to expand on that definition a little bit. I believe that it also includes feeling worthy of pleasure. 
if you don't feel like you're worth love and care, affection, it can be really hard to accept it when it's coming from a partner. A way that that can show up is when your partner offers you genuine loving reassurance, you aren't able to to soak it in, right? You'll be like, thanks, and, but, and then you just move on because you don't feel like you deserve it. So why would you take something that you don't deserve, you know? If someone has low self-worth and you can have a hard time believing that your partner loves you and desires you because you don't feel good enough yourself. So someone else feeling positively about you feels unbelievable. And that also affects the physical intimacy, the sex life. You can doubt your partner's motives when they're trying to connect with you sexually. You can start to feel like, oh, they're just using me or they just, they just want to get off. They don't really care about me. Or there's no way that you're actually sexually attracted to me. One person's like, you're not listening to me. I do. And the other person's like, no, there's no way you can. That's the energy in the fight. And that can cause both people to feel misunderstood and unheard. There can be this deep-seated belief, whether from it's from culture or family or, you know, trauma experiences, that you're not worthy of feeling good. So when your self-worth is low and you don't feel like you deserve pleasure, it makes it hard to rest, right? Because there's pleasure and rest. Pleasure isn't just sexual. It makes it hard to slow down if you don't feel like you deserve to slow down until you reach a goal then there's that moving target again so you're not letting yourself relax take a break <sighs> calm down and relaxation is key to the body feeling desire you're not going to feel desire if you're running at a million miles per hour through your life, rushing to the next task, go, 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 there's no room for that desire to blossom, right? When you don't feel good enough, then why would you feel that you deserve to feel something good? And one way low self-worth showed up for me is having sex that I didn't want to have, that I didn't enjoy having. I didn't believe that I was worthy of pleasure, and so I endured sex. I didn't say, hey, move your hand to the left a little bit. Hey, kiss me a little slower. It also makes it hard to accept compliments. And this one can be kind of tricky and hard to notice. What do you do when someone gives you a compliment? I have a couple go-tos that I used to run over and over. One is to put myself down. So if someone was like, oh, your hair looks good. I'd be like, yeah, oh, thanks. I finally took a shower. I could make a joke about me not being clean or something. Another fan favorite of women everywhere is giving back the compliment. If someone says, oh, I love your shirt. Oh, thanks, I love your shoes, right? It's just like, ah, you have to just throw it right. It's like a hot potato. And maybe you've seen um, people or been in that situation yourself where you're just like complimenting each other back and forth. And eventually it's like awkward. It's like, okay, can we stop this now? There's this weird hot potato energy of like, ah, get that. You No, you take it. 
Because receiving compliments, receiving that positive attention, that pleasure even, from receiving a heartfelt compliment is very difficult if you don't feel worthy of love. And this shows up a lot with women in sex. They don't feel worthy of pleasure, so they don't speak up for what they need and what they want, what they like. And then they just don't talk about it. They just have this mediocre sex that they don't want to have because I I don't want to make them feel bad. I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to be difficult. There's this belief, I'm not worthy of pleasure. So I'm not going to advocate for my pleasure. And it's really difficult to do that. And that's something that I'm still playing with. I'm, I've gotten better at advocating for my pleasure. And sometimes it's a little hard still. If you don't feel like you're worthy of love and goodness and pleasure, it creates a block between you and other people. Because intimacy grows when you can be open and receive each other, right? You're open to being affected by someone. If you think that you're, you know, just a piece of shit that doesn't deserve anything and someone gives you kindness and love, you're not open to being affected by it because there's that block, those beliefs. And your relationship that you have with yourself, your beliefs about yourself, always color your relationships with other people, especially your partner. So if you're having difficulty with believing that you are worth love and worthy of receiving the pleasure, the exact pleasure that you want, and that you're good enough, that's a great place to start is with yourself. This isn't isn't some like, look at yourself in the mirror and say that you're worthy type of of conversation. Um, Because of my, my knowledge and my study of the nervous system and the subconscious things at play that are affecting our mindset and our outlook on life. I know this is deeper than just saying some affirmations, just giving yourself a high five, although that can be fun if you want to try. But it's a lot deeper than that. Because when your nervous system does not feel comfortable with the stimulus of pleasure, whether that's a compliment or someone touching you sexually or someone trying to pour love out to you, when your nervous system is not comfortable with that level of stimulus, then it will activate those protection strategies and push that away because it's too uncomfortable. And that makes total sense. That's totally okay if that's where you are. I was once there too. Working to get more comfortable with with that stimulus of of pleasure and love, it takes practice. If you feel like you could use a little practice receiving, I've got this little visualization for you. The next time that someone gives you a compliment, imagine that there is a landing strip. Maybe it's on your heart, maybe it's all the way from your heart to your belly button. You get to decide where on your body it is. And see if you can imagine their compliments soaking into that landing strip. Notice if you have the tendency to think you don't deserve it, to reciprocate right away, 
to check out when they give you a compliment or just to feel like you shouldn't even need one. Just notice your tendencies and then see if you can take a breath and imagine that compliment absorbing into that landing strip. This is how you can get used to letting in good things and receiving. If this episode made you feel anything, please leave a review so that more people can hear these shame-melting, cultural-shifting kind of personal conversations.